0: Hey what's going on people This is Jesse Ville With the Jesse Ville Show And today we're going to talk about The fall Of Cash Money Records YMCMB First of all I want to give a shout out to Prince and Sin Over there at Thought Crimes Over there on YouTube These guys have a Wonderful channel where they over there deconstructing and breaking down um, on a strategic level what's going on through hip hop right now, and those were the first guys that kind of opened my eyes to the fact that there's much, there was much more to this Drake and Pusha T beef than you know just rap beef, just fun back and forth sparring. Um, so check those guys out Thought Crimes on YouTube and they can go further in detail into not only the Pusha T and Drake Beat but you know a couple other situations that are going the hip hop. And so the things that I learned from them it kind of expanded my mind. You know I came up with more theories and, and really was able to see more what was going on than they went into. Um, but it made me realize that you know Drake is just a battle for the whole war that's that's going on. It's just one battle that they're trying to deal with. It's just one piece of the puzzle, right? And so I started putting the, p- the puzzle pieces together. And I realized that you know, not only was so let's let's backtrack. Let's touch a little bit on the Drake and push a T beef. And so The idea with the Drake and Pusha T beef is beyond just the battle rap, is that they're actually rap crews, rap cabals, as they like to call them on Thought Crimes, that have formed together to take out Drake. And that Pusha T is just an assassin. And so Pusha T is like the perfect assassin. He's lyrical, he's a gritty street rapper. You know what I mean? He had two classic albums with the Clips, Hell Hath No Fury, and Lord Willen, which are two classic hip-hop albums. One had four mics, one had five mics. Um, and he's had pretty good albums since he's been with good music as well. But not only is he a street dude with bars, with, he's a lyricist, but he has really no skeletons in his closet. So it's really a tough opponent for Drake to deal with. This is why if you if you look at Drake's diss, um even though he so the main thing that Drake tried to do was to attack his credibility as you know a drug dealer, and but most of the diss, not I'm not gonna say most, but a significant amount of the time that Drake has 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 used a different this is significant amount of bars Drake used in the diss, he directed toward Kanye West instead of Pusha T because Pusha T doesn't really have any skeletons in his closet like that. I mean, he may have some, but it's not. I mean, obviously, it's not to the level of a Kanye West and what have you. Right. And so the idea is that. So this is my theory. Right. I believe that Pusha T is kind of a mirror a mirroring of Remy Ma right and so if you look at it in 2017 Remy Ma came out with Sheeter and straight killed Nicki Minaj like destroyed her lyrically for seven minutes straight just and and Nicki had no answer for it now of course, a lot of people are going to say, well, Nicki has more money. And, you know, Nicki Minaj is more popular. She, she put out more hits. Now, this is true. And so, the so, so Nicki Minaj is not all the way dead in the sense of, you know, like a Ja Rule where where her, her career is in jeopardy. But you have to understand, when Sheeter came out, she lost a lot of credibility as a lyricist and as a writer. Like, she... She lost a lot of the respect of the the hardcore hip hop heads and cats that are fans of lyricists, and so her popularity and influence was denigrated um, significantly. Right? Significantly. Like she'll still be able to tour. Like she'll still sell decent amount of records, but she just doesn't have the same influence in Popularity And power in hip hop That she did prior to The Remy Ma beef And so The main objective With Nicki Minaj Would be to Was to decrease her popularity And decrease her influence And To neutralize her So that she could not easily Be able to come to the defense Of Drake when they sent the hitman or the assassin after drake right and so they were very effective with that and taking out nikki by proxy via um remy ma um and so I also understand that remy ma had papoose Like a lot of people don't know about a lot of people that know about Remy Ma aren't really familiar with Papoose. Like so, I'm a I'm a hip hop guy. I'm a fan of lyricists and understand that Papoose is a lyrical monster. Like he may not be able to to make the best songs for like the club and stuff, but lyrically, Papoose is a beast. Like he's 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 up there in the top echelon of uh, lyricists. And so she had Papoose being her guy. You know what I mean? I I honestly think that Papoose may have actually written some of those bars for that sheet record. That's why I I kinda go on that end. And I think that like if you listen to Papoose style and uh Remy Ma Remy Ma style, you know, Papoose had had a lot to they had very similar styles in terms of that sheet record. That sheetha record. Um And so, understand that Remy Ma, Remy Ma's objective was not to totally destroy, was not to totally destroy, um, Nicki Minaj and take over her career, but it was to neutralize her so she wouldn't be able to defend Drake a year later and to downgrade her popularity and her, um her credibility as a writer as well as downgrade her popularity and so the main objective was to actually downgrade her so she wouldn't be able to defend drake and not only that but so that they could make room for this new artist coming through called cardi b Like one thing y'all have to understand y'all have to understand this right so understand that An artist is almost like a company. Like when you hear, if you ever watch the business channel or dealt with business, like big business and and stuff like that, you understand that it's all about market share. Like how much market share does does this business have, it impacts how much revenue they'll be able to bring in. It impacts, like we talk about market share, you know, when you translate that into the business world, it's about having the hearts and minds of the consumer of the youth the people that buy records so that you're able to make as much money as possible and so when you look at Young Money Cash Money just like so Nicki Minaj was pretty much hands down since the Young Money era she's been the number one female rapper in the game like as far as sales mainstream hits etc um, etc et like Nicki Minaj has pretty much sewn up the game and so the mission for Remy Ma was to downgrade her so that Cardi B could come up in there and get some of that market share from Nicki Minaj and that's exactly what happened within the last year as you see like a lot of people thought Cardi B was going to go away that you know she was going to have one hit but she's been having like crazy features. That she's been going off with. With other hip-hop artists. With pop artists. Latino artists. um, And she put out an album that was hot. You know what I mean. And so you know. Yeah that was a goal. And so what I'm saying that to say is that. That's the exact same goal. For Pusha T. In regards to Drake. Right. And so I'm going to break down. How Papoose. Was counseling. And possibly ghost writing for um, Remy Ma. Pusha T had counselors behind him as well. And so Nas and Shahi the Prince were actually counseling Pusha T behind the scenes. About how you can actually come after. And so if you look at story. Of a D nine, uh, whatever is however it's pronounced, the story, the the diss track that Pusha T came out. Why does Pusha T take the same point of view that Nas takes in Ether? If you listen to, it, go back and listen to Ether, Nas intellectually deconstructed Jay Z in that song. Like there was a line in Ether where he says, you know, you seem to be concerned with distant women where you're abused as a child. And so he's taking a therapist route in that, in that diss track, and Pusha T is doing the exact same thing in the story of a D9 or a D9. He's doing the same exact thing. He's taking a therapy route and he's deconstructing The insecurities that Drake has, the insecurities with dealing with women, the insecurities of committing to women, the insecurities of being a mixed rapper, the insecurities of having a father that left him, that's all Nas counsel right there. That's all like, yo, (laughs) like Nas is a, like a lot of people don't realize, man, Nas is one of the Greatest to ever do it man he's a one man Wrecking crew Like he's One of the coolest lyricists To ever live like Forget just mainstream lyricists But lyricists period And so Shy High as well Is pretty nice lyrically With the bars And and, and I also think that So we gonna get to I think that Jay Z is also behind the scenes and Rock Nation, we're gonna we're gonna get into how Jay Z is really moving and putting these pieces into play um, from behind the scenes, right? And so Pusha T had the same exact mission that Remy Ma had, and so the end game of this is for Pusha T to. Neutralize Drake, decrease his popularity, to take away his credibility as a rapper and a lyricist. Cause I'm not gonna lie, I, I was I've been a Drake fan for for a while, probably going on ten years. You know what I'm saying? I've been a Drake, I've been a Drake fan for a long time, and like I'm looking at this beef, like damn, you know what I'm saying? Like I lost, I'm not gonna lie to y'all, I lost a little bit of respect for Drake after this damn beef, like. You know, because I feel like the least he could have did was come back. I understand that, you know, he has the OG call from uh, Jay Prince and et cetera, et cetera. You know what I mean? But as a fan, you just want Like, I really wanted this beef to go on all summer. And if Jay Prince didn't step in, that's exactly what, what would have happened. You know what I'm saying? So, so remember, Pusha T's goal is not to surpass Drake mainstream-wise, but his goal was to... To actually increase Drake to, to, to decrease Drake's credibility As an artist and a writer As a lyricist As a rapper To neutralize him And to for one Also take out the biggest Artist That YMCMB has Cause if you look at Drake and you follow his track record He's been going on like a 10 year run Of like just blazing the charts Number one Singles Like crazy features Etc etc You know what I'm saying So that is The mission of Pusha T Now the end game is Which artist Is going to come During this time Or during the upcoming months To snatch up The market share That Drake has left behind And my guess is, it's going to be Meek Mills. Now, what I didn't mention earlier is that Remy Ma is actually signed to Rock Nation. Right? Remy Ma is signed to Rock Nation. As is, like if I'm not mistaken, I believe that Meek Mill is is signed to Rock Nation as well. Correct me if I'm wrong. Matter of fact, I'm going to look it up real quick to kind of... to kind of verify so yeah Meek Mill has actually been under a management deal a rock Nation management deal since 2012 and so I, it's, it's, it's my belief that Meek Mill is going to snatch up some of that market share that Drake left behind um, due to the damage caused by this battle which makes sense because you know One thing a lot of people don't realize either is that even though Meek Mill lost to Drake and Meek Mill beef years ago, Drake still hurts from that beef. Like he still... Drake has still been in question ever since him and Meek Mill had that beef. So it's almost kind of like, you know, when, when Meek Mill stabbed him, metaphorically, he kind of left Drake still bleeding, even though Drake won, you know, he still kind of still been kind of bleeding out from those Ghost accusations. Right. Because, you know, when people when Drake get into, gets in, gets in any type of beef, like online, you know, you'll see the trolls saying like, you know, I wonder who Ghost wrote this verse for Drake. Against Pusha T uh, you know when when they was waiting on Drake to respond, I saw a lot of people saying, "Well, I guess Drake better get the over your sweatshop." Now, I understand this about the whole ghostwriter thing, right? There's always been ghostwriters and collaborations in hip hop, and if uh, if you want to be real, I don't believe that Drake has a ghostwriter in the sense of he has someone that writes over ten percent of his lyrics hooks. Verses and all of that stuff I think that Drake in a collaborative fashion probably uses certain people in a small percentage for a small percentage of the music that he puts out where it is like a hook or it's just a concept of a song or what have you now if you really want to be real cash money is where Drake learned that from like the whole system that he's doing now with OVO he learned that from cash money because when Drake was with cash money, he pinned a lot of hits for Lil Wayne and Birdman. And when I say hits, I mean specifically he pinned well for one he ghost he ghost wrote the verses for Birdman, of course, right? As did Lil Wayne and other behind the scene rappers. Um but he also He he also uh did most of the hooks and stuff like that, um, for Birdman and what have you, and so like when when Drake was first with Cash Money, it was kind of like you know kind of like a thing of earning your stripes. Like okay, Drake is the new guy, so I want you to do these hooks and et cetera, et cetera for a couple years, and then you know after you you put your work in, you know what I mean, then we could let you kind of do your projects and what have you. You know what I'm saying, and so that same formula a lot of people don't realize but that same formula has been going on with cash money since like the the 90s you know what i mean like a lot of people love 400 degrees by juvenile which is a classic hip-hop album right but what people don't realize is that is actually a compilation album like juvie didn't do that album by itself juvenile by 400 degrees by juvenile that album is actually Uh, a work that has been um, a collaborative effort between everybody on Cash Money at the time. You understand? And so when Drake started his own label, he started introducing and utilizing that exact same formula that he learned from Baby and Slim over that Cash Money, Right? And so that's what you have today. And I think that the, the, the Quentin Miller situation is simply that col- collaborative uh, process that he learned over with Cash Money. Okay. Okay, so now let's talk about independent labels, motives, and why would anyone want to take out Cash Money YMCMB? Right, so this is the thing that you have to understand YMCMB and Cash Money. If you separated those two, these two alone will be considered the top 10 independent rap labels of all time. Right, so let me put things in perspective, let me put things in perspective with you the longest running independent rap label is Def Jam, right? Def Jam started in 89, so they've been on a Def Jam has been on the run for about 29-30 years, right? Cash Money Records started in 99, so they're about let's say 19-20 years. And Young Money, which is an imprint of Cash Money Records, they've been uh, they started in 2009 and they're about so they're about about nine years old or so, I would have you, I want to say. So, about yeah, about nine years old. Young Money and Young Money, as far as hits, they've been considered. Number two after Def Jam for the past Since there've been a record label and that's like unheard of for a new record label to have that much market share as far as charting tracks now so let me put it in perspective right so Def Jam if you look at Def Jam they're number one from 89 until 2014, Def Jam had 152 tracks that charted from that time period. From, old, from 2009 to 2015, Young Money had 83 tracks that charted. 83. Rockefeller Records had 86 tracks and they were around probably about 10 plus years before Young Money ever came around. Like, understand it. Understand how crazy that is for a a young label to have three tracks that are charting less than a label that's been around 10 years longer than it. And if you go down to the other independent hip-hop labels, Jive, Bad Boy, Grand Hustle, Shady Aftermath, Rough House, Columbia, and even Cash Money, it's, it's, uh, it's parent label or what have you. All of those other labels were around years, at least six to 20 plus years before Young Money. And Young Money still has close to or uh, more than the amount of charting tracks that they that they had and not only that but with less artists. Young money only had about nine chartered artists um, on their label. Right? And so that's that's unheard of. Like Young Money has been so if you look at Young Money, cash money, if you combine those two as far as they range. So my, so so cash money from ninety nine until now, right? That's if you put if you combine the cash money tracks with uh with the young money tracks, young money had 83 and cash money had 44 tracks, and so that's 127 tracks while Def Jam had 152 tracks, but Def Jam was a label 10 years longer than. Cash money was and they only had so. Think about this. Think about this, people. Cash money, Def, Def Jam was a label about so. Think about this, people. When you have on, we only 25 charting records away from beating a an independent record label that's been around. 10 years longer than you have that's incredible like that's that's amazing and understand when you have this type of run when you have this type of success with this type of mainstream success on the billboard charts and and the music charts in general you take away from your competition right because it's kind of like opportunity cost, like As a, as a consumer of hip-hop, you can only listen to and purchase a certain amount of music, right? So it's like somebody somebody's going to purchase like we like most people, right, we don't even buy music. and so it's like the people that do buy music, there's only a certain amount of songs and artists that you're going to deal with before it becomes order, it be, before it becomes affordable for you as the average consumer. So that is the reason and the motive behind these rap crews coming and trying to take down YMCMB because YMCMB has been the second longest reigning and most successful independent hip hop label like the Big Three as they call themselves between Lil Wayne Nicki Minaj and Drake. They have pretty much ran the rap game from about really from a from about uh oh six with Lil Wayne 0506 to current current day. Like they've been just pretty much smashing the competition as far as mainstream popularity and hits go. Um so let's talk about Who's behind taking down cash money young money? So my theory is that the main person that is working through Remy Ma Pusha T Kanye West will be the none other than Jay Z Hove. And so it is it is my opinion that Jay-Z actually was behind Meek Mill as well and Rick Ross. So so Jay-Z has a a nice relationship with Rick Ross. A lot of people don't know is that Jay-Z was actually one of the people that co-signed and signed Rick Ross on the label back when he was president of Def Jam. And he was dealing with that whole uh, Def Jam South And all this type of stuff Rick Ross was actually one of the artists that he signed And as you know you know Jay Z and, and Rick Ross have had all kind of uh, Collaborations and features On each other's albums Over the past You know 10 years or so And so Rick Ross Meek Mill Remy Ma And um, Pusha T and and even Kanye West are all following behind the barking orders of of Jay Z. He's using them through proxy to attack and destabilize Young Money Cash Money because the third, the 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 independent label that are, that will probably be considered third after Young Money Cash Money is Rock Nation. Rock Nation, baby, like. And not only that, but there's other. So let let's back up. Let's look at historically the issues, like what issues would would Jay Z have besides the fact that you know these three artists are taking up market share for his artists that are signed with Roc Nation, you know the J Coles, the Meek Mills, uh, the Remy Ma's, the you know, and and all those other artists that he have over there at Roc Nation. But what other Conflicts that Jay Z have with cash money, young money, right? Okay, so if you remember, there was a period back in the day, I want to say maybe about 2008 2009, where Lil Wayne was actually considering going to signing with Jay Z because remember, Jay Z is. One of Lil Wayne's idols. It's one of the people that he respects dearly. It's one of the people that he look up to as far as rapping and emceeing goes. Like if you look at Jay-Z, he doesn't write his music. He just goes off the top. Um, Lil Wayne took that style from him. And also, if you listen to some of Wayne's old, older Squad Up mixtapes, he did a lot of freestyles and stuff on uh, a lot of jay-z beats and shout out jay-z in a lot of those older songs that he did with squad up back in the day right and so jay-z wanted to sign lil wayne as an artist he saw the potential in him lyrically and mainstream wise and baby blocked that like baby was like oh hell no like you, you ain't about to get wayne partner and so he shut that shit down quick like like the league shut down, like the NBA commissioner shut down, Chris Paul trying to go to LA. You see what I'm saying? And so that's one reason. That's one of the two reasons for Jay Z to try to take down Young Money Cash Money. So let's look at. So let's look at uh, some of the methods and some of the the goals of destroying Young Money Cash Money. And some of the end results of destroying that empire. And so... The methods for taking down Young Money Cash Money... Is number one. This is the first thing they did, right? If you look... If you look over... I talked about this in the last... Um... Podcast. About the Drake and, and uh Pusha T beef. Before Drake... Before Pusha T came at Drake... He actually came at Lil Wayne and Birdman. And so... I talk about the records in there, but for probably since like 2011, Pusha T has been throwing little shots about Birdman and his practices. As you know, you know, Birdman like to straight up rob cats. And so what he'll do is is he, he's pretty much stealing money, not giving people the money that he owe. And so the, what I've noticed with Birdman does is it's like he'll kind of sharp change people on their money and have them tied up in court for a number of years until the artist gets tired. And then what he'll do is he'll give them, let's say, like <clears throat> pennies on a dollar for them to settle out of court. And so, actually, that happened to Lil Wayne today. He actually settled out of court with Birdman for number one. And the, the terms of the settlement was that Birdman would get $10 That 10 No, that Lil Wayne would get $10 million dollars. Which I mean, if you know, like I know, like Lil Wayne pretty much put Cash Money, Young Money on his back for like five or six years or what have you, and so Wayne should be getting way more than ten million. You probably should be more like a hundred million. But the settlement in the court was that he get ten million and he gets to get out of his contract for Cash Money, and so that's that's the game that Birdman has been playing. So, step one, if you pay attention to it, was to. Discredit Birdman Discredit his business practices um, To make him look crazy And so we saw that happen Like uh, Once Birdman Had that big blow up At the Breakfast Club uh, A a while ago Um, Then Number two was After he had that blow up Was to enlist Rick Ross On the campaign And so, if you pay attention, last year, around the same time or the same year that Remy Ma came and destroyed Nicki Minaj, you had Rick Ross, the guy that Jay-Z signed now, over at Def Jam, he was president at Def Jam, the guy that that, that has, you know, several features with Jay-Z over the years, you know what I mean? They enlisted Rick Ross to pretty much go on a campaign to destroy and discredit Baby's business acumen. His they, To destroy his reputation as a business person to make it very hard for people, unless they're desperate, to sign with cash money. Okay, so if you remember, there was a period back in the day, I want to say... Maybe about two thousand eight, two thousand nine, when Lil Wayne was actually considering going to signing with Jay-Z. Cause remember, Jay-Z is one of Lil Wayne's idols. It's one of the people that he respect dearly. It's one of the people that he look up to as far as rapping and MCing goes. Like if you look at Jay Z, he doesn't write his music. He just goes off the top. Um Lil Wayne took that style from him. And also, if you listen to some of Wayne's older Squad Up mixtapes, he did a lot of freestyles and stuff on uh, a lot of Jay-Z beats. And shout out Jay-Z in a lot of those older songs that he did with Squad Up back in the day. Right? And so, Jay-Z wanted to sign Lil Wayne as an artist. He saw the potential in him, lyrically and mainstream-wise. And Baby blocked that. Like, Baby was like, oh, hell no. Like, he... you ain't about to get Wayne, partner. And so he shut that shit down quick. Like like the league shut down. Like the NBA commissioner shut down. Chris Paul trying to go to L.A. You see what I'm saying? And so that's one reason. That's one of the two reasons. For Jay-Z to try to take down young money, cash money. So let's look at. So let's look at. Uh, some of the methods. And some of the. The goals of destroying Young Money Cash Money and some of the end results of destroying that empire. And so the methods for taking down Young Money Cash Money is number one. This is the first thing they did, right? If you look, if you look over, I talked about this in the last um podcast about the Drake and, and uh, Pusha T-Beef. Before Drake before Pusha T came at Drake, he actually came at Lil Wayne and Birdman. And so I talk about the records in there, but for probably since like 2011, Pusha T has been throwing little shots about Birdman and his practices. As you know, you know, Birdman like to straight up rob cats. And so what he'll do is is he, he's pretty much stealing money, not giving people the money that he owe. And so what I've noticed with Birdman does is, it's like, he'll kind of sharp change people on their money and have them tied up in court for a number of years until the artist gets tired. And then what he'll do is, he'll give them, let's say like, pennies on a dollar for them to settle out of court. And so, actually, that happened to Lil Wayne today. He actually settled out of court with Birdman for number one, and the the terms of the settlement was that Birdman would get $10, $10 million, that no, that Lil Wayne would get ten million dollars. Which I mean, if you know like I know, like Lil Wayne pretty much put cash money, young money on his back for like five or six years or what have you. And so Wayne should be getting way more than ten million. He probably should be more like a hundred million. But the settlement in the court was that he get ten million and he gets to get out of his contract for cash money. And so, that's that's the game that Birdman has been playing. So, step one, if you pay attention to it, was to discredit Birdman, discredit his business practices um, to make him look crazy. And so, we saw that happen like uh, once Birdman had that big blow up at the Breakfast Club a, a, a while ago. Um, then... Number two was, after he had that blow up, was to enlist Rick Ross on the campaign. And so, if you pay attention, last year, around the same time, or the same year, that Remy Ma came and destroyed Nicki Minaj, you had Rick Ross, the guy that Jay-Z signed now, over at Def Jam, he was president at Def Jam, the guy that, that, that has, you know, several... Features with Jay-Z over the years You know what I mean They enlisted Rick Ross To pretty much go on a campaign To destroy And discredit Baby's Business acumen his, they, To destroy his reputation As a business person To make it very hard For people Unless they're desperate To sign with cash money so, that was number one. Came at the head, two guys. Because at the time that Pusha T was coming at Wayne and uh, at Baby, I mean, Lil Wayne was pretty much on top of the game, you know what I mean, during these years. You know what I mean? Like, Lil Wayne had a nice run before retirement where he was like the top artist in the game. He had, I mean, he was, he was hit from all angles. He had mainstream tracks. That was hot. He had good albums that he was putting out. He had good features. On other artists uh, tracks. And he had fire mixtapes. That was nice lyrically. And just crazy. So Wayne was, Wayne was killing stuff. And so that was number one. Take out Lil Wayne. And to take out Birdman. And so if you remember. Bird, Lil Wayne responded to Pusha T on a track. Ghoulish. That was just trash. It was whack. And so... They took those two guys out. The, the second step was to take out the, the, the number one rapper, the number one female rapper in the game, which was Nicki Minaj. That was step number two, downgrade her credibility. Step three, so now you're left with the number one rapper in the game, Drake. Drake has been running the rap game. He's been the number one rapper as far as mainstream goes. For like the past 10, 11 years. Like let's keep it. Let's keep it at 100 right. Like he's been running shit. He's been like LeBron of the rap game. And so this is the last obstacle. Of Jay-Z. And their whole crew. To really open up and become. And take that number two. Number one place. Behind Def Jam. Is to take out Drake. Like he's the last. Of the Mohegans. You know what I'm saying? He's the last. He's the last one. Over at Young Money. That's really holding it down. Like not to say that people don't still respect. Nikki And Lil Wayne. But they are not as popular. As they once were. And so if you look at it. The three. The three goals. Let's break it down. The three methods. Was to take out. And discredit. The Birdman. As a business person. To make. To make it seem Real. Like, uh, undesirable to be on his label, and then number two, it was to neutralize and destroy the big three Wayne, Nikki, and uh, Drake. And number three, it was this, it was was to systematically take them out one by one, not totally destroy them, but to decrease their popularity, their influence, and to take away their market share so that Jay Z. And Rock Nation can insert artists that are direct competitors of those guys and put them into place, right? And so, so that's the deal here, people. You have a takeover by the one and only Jay Z, with the blessings of a lot of other Def Jam artists that he is affiliated with. Because you got to realize when these people, when these three artists. The big three were, were running the game like they were with their young money banner. It, it took away the potential of everyone else. It goes back to this whole market share thing. When you have three individuals taking away, let's say, 70 60 60 to 90% of the uh, market share, you can't really sell much. You, you can't really like your 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 singles and stuff are going to always be, you know, second, third to these guys. Right. And so it's been a calculated, strategic and an intentional move. to one by one, take out each member of Cash Money, Young Money to clear the to clear the floor. Clear the way for other artists to come in this game and have more success. And so, understand like, Lil Wayne, though he's not as popular as he once was, he's kind of like the centerpiece to this whole thing. Because if you what you must understand is while Drake and Nicki Minaj took advantage of their position on. Young Money Cash Money. Why they have respect for Birdman. The main reason that they signed with Young Money Cash Money. Was because of Lil Wayne. And the reason. And it was a smart move. Because. The the honest truth is. Is that while they would have been successful. At another label. With another. With another artist. The fact that they. Were affiliated and were uh, understudies and proteges of Lil Wayne. It 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 accelerated their success. Like the fact that Lil Wayne was close. To, like understand. Like when they got with Lil Wayne, Lil Wayne was the hottest artist in the country. Period. The hottest. The hottest rapper in the in, in the world at that time. And the, and the fact that they were associated with that, it greatly accelerated their, uh, their rise to fame. Like It greatly decreased the amount of, amount of time that it would have taken them to be at the level where they are right now. And so that, you know, that was the key. That was the key. That's what's going on right now, people. It is a takeover. You're witnessing the fall of Cash Money, Young Money records. Like it's over for Cash Money, Young Money. Now this is the aftermath of that. So the end game is to have like a Meek Mill and a Cardi B and different artists to come and be able to um, accelerate their careers and to, to have more mainstream success by doing this. But not only that, but you have to think of the aftermath of this thing. Like, Lil Wayne is no longer with cash money. So Nicki and Drake have no reason to stay with cash money. And what I and what I think, what I predict is gonna happen is I think that you're now gonna see Lil Wayne sign with Rock Nation and Jay-Z like he always wanted to do. Um, I think that you're gonna also see Nicki Minaj sign with Rock Nation. And I think that you're gonna see Drake probably I don't think Drake is gonna sign with Rock Nation because he's been a little bit competitive with Jay Z over the years, lyrically, in terms of doing things like Drake, uh, a lot of people don't realize Drake stopped uh, little wings performance. He took he got that taken down from title. Um Jay-Z wanted Drake to come over to title and instead he got his own deal with Apple Music. And so there's there's a competition and a conflict there between Jay-Z and Drake. And so you see, like a lot of people, like Drake had this line about, you know, he wanted to be Jay-Z and he turned into Jay-Z instead. And a lot of people go away from that. But what he's talking about, when he's saying that, he's saying like lyrically. Like, I am Jay-Z of this generation in terms of being lyrical and having mainstream success, having my own label, having my own successful artists like Jay-Z did with Rockefeller, having my own clothing that's successful like Jay-Z did with Rockefeller, and having my own shoe line like Jay-Z did, um, and all of those things. So that's, the, that's a lot of parallels between Jay-Z and Drake, and that's what he's saying. But Jay-Z did retort saying that, you know, I'm independent, and you're not that Drake, so you can't be me. But what Jay, what Jay Z doesn't say is, is that, I mean, shit. Drake is like thirty, and Jay Z is pushing fifty, if he isn't already fifty. So Jay Z was at the same place, or probably a, a worse place than Drake was at Drake's age. To be honest with you, like Jay Z didn't really start getting his masters back until later in the game. And it started, you know, being he, he really was independent because he couldn't get a deal if you want to be really real. Um, and so, yeah, um, that is the aftermath. Nicki Minaj and Wayne, they're gonna go to Rock Nation. Um, Drake is probably gonna do some independent stuff, get like a, a label deal with OVO, uh, or a distribution deal with his label OVO, and kind of head that off. And that's kind of my predictions moving forward. And so that, ladies and gentlemen, is the fall of cash money, young money. I hope you all enjoyed this podcast. Please make sure to check out the links to subscribe to the podcast. And make sure to subscribe to my YouTube page. Follow me on social media, Jesseville. T-H-E-J-E-S-S-E-B-E-A-L at Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, um, and that's it. It's the fall. Of, it's the fall of Cash Money, Young Money. It's been a good run for those guys, but it's over. It's over. Peace.